It is Sunday, July 19th, 2015. This is U62 The Targ. Let's do it. As we say in the radio business, if you put that on the radio, people will listen to it. All right, here it comes. Anyone who isn't dead or from another plane of existence would do well to cover their ears right about now. Why, what a little tiny microchip deep inside some electronics. Broadcasting to the world through the miracle of the internet. Ladies and gentlemen, this is U62 The Tar. Now your host, a man with a lifelong dream of getting paid to do this, Mark Pappas. On this week's show, I'm doing a mini episode because it's been a busy weekend for me. Essentially, I just rant about all the trailers we saw out of San Diego Comic-Con. It's episode 8.15, Waiting for the Pizza. So sit back, relax, grab yourself some warm root beer and a towel that's oh so fluffy. U62 the Targ, you're in for something special. Enjoy the show. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Cap is here, and welcome to this week's episode of the Targ. Ah, oh, it's been another busy weekend for me. You know, as I've said, for us radio folk, summer is a very busy time as we're live on location from every festival and barbecue and rodeo that comes along. I just come back from one, as a matter of fact. I was thinking about skipping doing a podcast this week, but I figured, you know what? I'm at work. I got everything here. Let's pound out a quick one. You know, just a nice short little podcast to remind you that I'm still here. As I was saying a few months ago, I spent the springtime rebuilding my website. Now I need content to fill that website. So let's create some content, shall we? So where was I live on location today? Well, once again, I was returning to my old home of Athabasca. Uh, The morning show host up there is on vacation, so they asked me to fill in. And I was on location from the Athabasca Fly-In Barbecue. That was such a fun event, you know. I was there five years ago when it was a new event. And it's been fun seeing it grow over all these years. A lot of small-town airports in Alberta are starting to do this. It's a way to promote their airport. Essentially, they invite pilots from all across the province to fly into their airport for the day. They get a free burger. They get to hang out. People interested in aviation can check out the planes and talk to the pilots. As I like to describe it to people, it's just like a show and shine, only instead of cars, it's airplanes. Real fun event. And when I was packing up, uh, they gave me one of the leftover gift bags that they gave to all the pilots who came by. So I have this gift bag here. I'm thinking, we know all those unboxing videos are popular online. Maybe I should do an unbegging video. Let's see what's in the swag bag from the Athabasca Fly-In Barbecue. Want to do that? Well, it's my show and I can do whatever I want, so that's what we're going to do. First up, I should say that the swag bag is in a nice reusable nylon bag. That's nice to see because, you know, I try to save the environment and reuse my shopping bag, so I use bags like this all the time. So what's in the bag here? We have an Athabasca Airport baseball cap. That's nice. I could always use a new cap. Oh, and because it's very trendy to refer to towns by their airport codes, if you want to be trendy and refer to Athabasca by its airport code, the Athabasca Airport is C-Y-W-M. So there you go. I found that out from the cap. Let's see, what else do we have in the bag here? We have a Town of Athabasca collapsible water bottle. That's nice. I always like to bring those on remote so I can stay hydrated. 
We have a copy of the Athabasca University Alumni Magazine. Love Athabasca University. Fine facility. A copy of the 2015 Athabasca District Visitor's Guide. Awesome. If I ever want to visit Athabasca, I can see if all my favorite haunts are still there. Uh, what else do we have? A uh, leaflet for the days in in Athabasca. A leaflet for the Athabasca Golf Course and its restaurant, The Fox's Den. Still, from what I gather, the finest restaurant in Athabasca. I support that opinion. Uh, we have a brochure for the Grand Rapid Wilderness Adventures. A brochure for the airport. We have a Come Visit Athabasca postcard. Who wants a postcard? Uh, send me your snail mail address and a direct message through the uh, Chaos in a Box Facebook page, and I'll probably send you that postcard. Uh, we have a bookmark courtesy of the Athabasca Archives. Nice. We have an Athabasca County golf ball. Maybe I'll give that to my brother-in-law. He likes to golf. We have an Athabasca County fishing lure. It's a fish hook with the Athabasca County logo on it. This is becoming a very popular promotional item from trade shows I've discovered. Uh, we have a Visit Athabasca pen. We have an Athabasca University, nope, an Athabasca County USB charger. You know, it's one of those things you plug it into your cigarette lighter, then you can plug in all your USB devices and charge it up while you're driving. That's awesome. Uh, we have an Athabasca University lanyard. We have an Town of Athabasca keychain flashlight. Again, a very popular promotional item these days. Very handy as well because you can always use a flashlight. And we have a Athabasca University pin and a Magnificent River Rats Festival pin. I think I still have three or four of those from when I worked the River Rats. So there you go. That was in my swag bag from Athabasca County and the 5th Annual Fly-In Barbecue. If such a fly-in barbecue is happening in your hometown, I highly recommend you go check it out because people forget that the small town airports still play a vital role, especially in Alberta's proud history of bush pilots and stuff like that. They're still quite widely used, so support your local airport. You're listening to Mark Cathis. It's clear to all of you that I am awesome. On U62, the Targ. So, of course, the big thing I wanted to rant about this week was the San Diego Comic-Con and all the trailers that came out of that. Actually, there were two really big ones that got the internet all excited. The first one from the Star Wars The Force Awakens panel. I know lots of people were excited. The first time there had been a Star Wars panel at the San Diego Comic-Con. Were they going to unveil a new trailer? Sadly, no, they did not. They tell us we're probably not going to get a new trailer until the fall. But what they did show us was the first behind-the-scenes featurette on Star Wars The Force Awakens. And the internet went crazy for it. Me? Not so much. Mainly because I've been watching Star Wars behind-the-scenes stuff ever since I was a kid. I remember being five years old, and the very first book I took out of the library was The Making of Star Wars, and seeing all these behind-the-scenes photos right away. So, I'm kind of done with behind-the-scenes Star Wars stuff, but I can see why people went crazy for this, because we were finally able to see how much of this new Star Wars film they're finally doing with practical effects. Again, they built the Millennium Falcon full size. They built a lot of full size sets. There's a lot of animatronic creatures running around playing the aliens. So much of this stuff is real. You know, unlike 
The Phantom Menace. I got The Phantom Menace on my mind because I decided to rewatch it last weekend. I remember George Lucas saying back in the day he was only going to build the sets six feet high and fill in the rest with computer animation because that's all he needed to do. Then he hired Liam Neeson for the cast, who was six foot two, and George Lucas was like, darn it, I got to add another six inches to all my sets because of you, Liam Neeson. But you know, with this one, no six foot high sets. They built everything real. So that's what people are really enjoying about this new Star Wars film, just how much of it is real. Check out that featurette online if you haven't yet, because they were smart this year. They posted it online as soon as they showed it at the San Diego Comic-Con, because they knew people were going to be pirating it. The second big thing to come out of San Diego, our new trailer for Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Well, it's not really a trailer. It's more like what they call a sizzle reel. A trailer is usually only just two, two minutes, 30 seconds, but this is almost four minutes long, nothing but amazing scenes from Batman v Superman. And I gotta say, now I'm getting more excited for it. Seeing Batman and Superman staring each other down, seeing why Batman figures he's gotta put on the cape and cowl once again to take down Superman, already seeing Superman starting to resent Batman a little bit, because there's a scene of Clark Kent writing editorials about Batman and what a menace he is, and we see Perry White, Clark Kent's editor, going, no one's interested in Clark Kent versus Batman. So, of course, we know we're going to get Superman v. Batman because that's the title of the film. Uh, we finally get to see a little bit of Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor. People are kind of upset about that because it shows Jesse Eisenberg. He's wearing, he's got crazy hair. He's like long curly locks. And as we all know, Lex Luthor is bald. But you know, you go back in time to when they rebooted the comics in the late 80s after their crisis on Infinite Earths. They did give Lex Luthor the long curly locks like that for a while. So it's like this forgotten corner of comic book history they decided to go with. If I have one complaint about the Batman v Superman footage, it's that it's so darn serious. That's how DC has decided to differentiate themselves from the Marvel movies. They are going to take this absolutely seriously. And as fascinating as that is, you know, would it kill them to crack a smile once in a while? But still, I'm very excited about it. I think it's going to be a good movie. Everything's better with Mark Chappis. Crime has gone down, productivity is up, and ratings for Doctor Who are through the roof. Mark Chappis on U62, The Targ. And of course, the news out of the San Diego Comic-Con that only I care about. What mutants are we going to see on the next season of the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon? I was so excited because we are finally going to see Armagon. Reading the comic books when I was a kid, Armagon was my favorite villain in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics. He's a mutant cyborg shark from the future who's come back in time in order to dominate the timeline and have vengeance on his old master, Donatello. He was such a vicious villain, 
and he had this amazing character design. I mean, he's a cybernetic mutant shark. So imagine your typical mutant shark, then you add some torpedo launchers cybernetically implanted in his shoulders. He was just a vicious killer mutant. How evil was he? He showed up in the he showed up in the past. He sat down Shredder. He smacked Shredder around a little bit and was like, "You work for me now." Shredder was his henchman. That's how evil he was. So it's going to be great to see him in animation finally. They announced that he's going to be voiced by Hellboy himself, Ron Perlman. That is a great choice. What else is coming to the new Ninja Turtles cartoon? David Tennant, the 10th Doctor himself, he is going to be playing the Fugitoid. Uh, that's a character from the original Eastman and Laird comics. He's this, fugited, uh, he's this fugitive android from an alien planet who comes to Earth and the Turtles protect him. And of course, he's being chased by the Triceratrons, these mutant dinosaurs. And uh, the mutant dinosaur commanders are going to be voiced by Michael Dorn, Lieutenant Worf himself. And also coming to the uh, new Ninja Turtle cartoon, Mona Lisa. You might remember her from the original Ninja Turtle cartoon. She was the only female mutant we saw. She was a mutant lizard who was only in one episode. And she is going to be voiced by Zelda Williams, the daughter of Robin Williams, who is becoming quite the accomplished voice actress. So yeah, if you're not watching the new Ninja Turtles cartoon, I would highly recommend you check it out because you can tell... It's made by people our age. It really feels like the gritty reboot of the original Ninja Turtles cartoon. They're bringing back beloved characters from that era. They're bringing back beloved action figures from that era who never made it into the cartoon. You can tell it was made by Ninja Turtles fans who grew up with it. And that's about all I wanted to rant about on this mini-sode. Don't forget, if you want me to mail you that Visit at the Basket postcard, I'm going to do it. Go to my official Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash official chaos in a box. Send me a private message with your snail mail address, and I will pop that postcard in the mail to you. I think, you know, just kind of something fun, and it lets me know who actually listens to this. So yeah, get me your address. I'll send you that postcard. First one who sends me the postcard, I'm going to send you. First one who sends me their address, I'm going to send you the postcard. There. That's what I was trying to say, and I've said all I'm trying to say. So that's it for this mini-episode of U62 The Targ. I'm Mark Kappas. I'll see you next week. And this brings us to the end of another exciting episode of The Targ. Don't forget you can download a new episode of The Targ every week at chaosinabox.com. The Targ is written and produced by Mark Kappas under the watchful eye of 42 Star Wars action figures. The Targ is a Chaos in a Box production. Well, that was pointless. Yeah.